What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I will talk about some of the trades that have gone down as we are very close to the NBA trade deadline. We'll also talk about who got named as the reserves for the NBA All-Star Game and during the Lake Show Lowdown. We'll catch up on everything going on with the Lakers since we last recorded, and let me tell you, it's been a lot. All this and more on episode 235 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? Good, man. Just enjoying enjoying all the NBA madness. It's always fun to see pieces get moved around. Yes. It's I a mean, franchise is changing their trajectory. It's uh it's quite the time of year right now with uh it's with the it's NBA similar, trade deadline. It's similar to like the beginning of the year where there's some new hope. <laughs> there's some new like, you know, th- mysteries out there. Yes. Could go, could, things could go either way, you know. People could take off people could just you know fall down what we'll to see there's yes some, there were some good ones yes there's definitely been uh quite a few trades already before yeah. before the trade deadline yeah uh so let's let's just get right into it right now yeah come on you're getting paid ask something final seconds come on you're getting paid ask something final seconds you take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. So the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, uh, Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Or if you're listening to this on uh, Thursday morning, it's just in a couple of hours uh, coming up here uh, in a little bit. Now, before the deadline, there's usually always some sort of move that kind of is the first domino to fall, really. And this year, the first domino to fall. She knows sports words, huh? Yeah, the sports words she knows are sports and words. It sounds like Derek Rain. That's the kind of shit Derek Rain used to say. (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, Derek needs to come back to L.A. so Corey can uh, start waking him up uh, in the morning again. Those those videos need to come back. That was good content. (laughs) That was great content. Anyway, before we got so rudely interrupted... um, but you you didn't hear any of it because I cut it out just because it was that distracting. Uh, Anyway, um, Tyler, the first domino to fall for the NBA trade deadline came on Friday last week. The Clippers traded Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a future second-round pick to Portland for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Now, Norman Powell has had an immediate impact on the Clippers. He's been playing very well for them. I I believe he's played in uh, two, if not three, games already for them. Um, But 
I mean, this this move is clearly the Clippers trying to get better, and the Blazers are are starting to strip down the parts, and and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more uh, coming up when when we talk about another trade they make. Um, but I think for one, the Clippers didn't have to give up anything, really. No, they no. They threw away the spare parts. <laughs> and and Portland gave away their spare parts for nothing. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, Portland's obviously stripping it down to the nuts and the bolts. Uh, and the Clippers got, I think the Clippers got some really good pieces to kind of try to keep this Paul George and Kawhi thing going. Both those guys are really good fits with, with them. So uh, this was a really good move for the Clippers in my mind. And, and they also added a couple of good players, you know, for this season as well because they they've played competitively. So it helps them out this year, helps their case to try to keep Kawhi and Paul George in town and happy. Um, so, I mean, a a all around for the Clippers. Uh, the Blazers got what they needed as far as just expiring contracts, yeah, um, their picks and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it was a good it was a good trade as far as like what both teams wanted to accomplish from it yeah i mean it if but you, the clippers i think won the trade just because they've got they got more uh value yeah they got more value for kind of the short term and maybe the long term oh yeah for sure and i mean listen they the clippers got away with highway robbery on this this deal i mean but that's what portland wanted portland's okay with that so it's like you kind of just chuck it up to to what it is, but you're you're 100 right. This is 100 percent a move that is one a good move for the Clippers, and two a move that can keep Paul George and Kawhi Leonard happy because it gives them serviceable, solid rotation players alongside of them, yeah. and it gives players or it gives the Clippers players that help them now, like you were saying because they've been surprisingly competitive without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And, and I don't think we see those two guys return this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would be surprised to see either one of them return. And yet uh, so the Clippers be, are still in the playing scenario. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I, I love it when teams kind of just think, you know, they keep trying to be competitive and, yeah. and don't, you know, don't ever fall back, even though their, their, their injuries, they could have just folded up. Um, but they're building towards a better future. They're the Clippers, so they need all this, all these momentums, all the all these wins. You know, they finally got to the Western Conference Finals. Didn't have their full team. They're playing. They Tyloo's got them playing competitively. Uh, so next year, when Kawhi and Paul George return, I mean, they're in a good spot as a franchise. Yeah. Now speaking of teams that are also trying to stay competitive, the Cavaliers made a move with a team that we knew months ago was going to be on a fire sale and that's the Indiana Pacers. And and on Sunday, the Pacers traded Karis Levert and a second round pick in this year's draft to the Cleveland Cavaliers for an injured Ricky Rubio, a protected first round pick in this year's draft, a second round pick in this year's draft and a 2027 second round pick. I think this is a obviously a great move for, for Cleveland and, and similar to the the trailblazers scenario the pacers they're okay with kind of getting yeah, fleeced yeah. in this this no, situation they got it they got the expiring contract uh with rubio he made the money work and they got picks yeah so they weren't trying to be competitive uh karis lavert afforded them you know three draft picks essentially and, it was, and an, an expiring contract and a first round draft pick and, in this year's draft yeah no three total pit or what two second rounders and a first a first round pick in this year's draft, a second round pick in this year's draft, and a twenty twenty seven second round. Yeah, pick. so they got three picks for for Levert, uh, which wasn't going to be part of their future anymore. And and the Cavs just you know continue to make great moves to to surround their young talent with with or to surround their young talent with uh, with vets. What's interesting was I mean now they're starting five is legit. Well, and what's crazy is, is when we talked about buyers and and sellers and who should be buying and who should be selling at the deadline. We both said the Cavs should just stand pat because we thought they needed to continue to develop who they had. But this move, well, yeah, is, they, is, they didn't give up. They gave up a hurt player for for a healthy player. Exactly. So they didn't, you know, they didn't uh, lose anything. So you're not messing up that locker room. If Karis, which we all kind of assume will will come in seamlessly, but 
if Karis comes in seamlessly and doesn't mess up their 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 rhythm and their their chemistry, it's gonna it was it was a great move. Yeah, and I mean just on the the sure fact that I mean Rubio, you weren't getting anything left from him this year because he tore his ACL and you don't really know what he'll be when he comes back. And it's like Yeah, he was never part of the plan anyways. You know, you Well, had, he was you, this year. He was this year, but you have Sexton coming back next year. You have right. Garlin, so uh, that wasn't necessarily they needed a veteran point guard in that locker room for this season uh they he went down they went and got rondo so they have that kind of presence there still um the Cavs are looking good moving forward yeah no they're they're looking very good they've and, got and, a great starting lineup they're doing things a little differently and they've got a great bench i mean guys like kevin love and jetty osman and R- rondo coming off the bench is great and we saw firsthand what karis lavert did to the lakers i mean he he can hoop He's he's a he's a certified hooper and he's a guy that's just kind of the league's been just dying for him to get that opportunity uh, since that Brooklyn run he made. Yeah. Now the other trade that Portland made and this is this is really where uh, we get down to the stripping of of the the bare nuts and bolts of, of the team. The Trailblazers finally broke up Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. They they traded C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Didi Lazauda, and a protected first-round pick in this year's draft and two second-round picks. So, so again, I mean, they essentially got picks, which they, they, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but they even flipped one of those players for more picks, uh, Alexander-Walker. Right, um, right. So it's like... You know, we see we see the common theme here. One team that's not in it this year, they're trading for expiring contracts and draft picks. They're getting rid of their talent to, to people that want to be competitive now. It is weird, though, that the, the Pelicans happen to be that team that seems like this was a move to be competitive now because they are so down in the standings. Right. But, I mean, if Zion was healthy, this is a nice core of players. I mean, CJ, all three of these guys are very different. And, and they comp as far as right. Bi Zion, and, and now CJ. I mean, CJ was a great get for New Orleans. I feel bad that CJ has to go play there. That's <laughs> because I don't think Zion's going to play this year. But um, you know, if he was to play, I mean, they at least have two All Star caliber players in there with Bi and CJ. Uh, with, even without Zion, so they're going to be more competitive right off the jump. But it just kind of is. It, it's a little too late on this season. Unless Zion comes back, then all of a sudden we've got a problem. Right. And I just that's that's the one thing is like I just feel bad for CJ because I mean we've said he they could have traded him in twenty sixteen or they could have traded Dame in twenty sixteen and broke they could have broken the pair up so many times over the last five or six years that I just feel like they could have done CJ right by trading him to a bit of a better scenario. Yes. It's a gr- it's a great scenario on paper in New Orleans when you pair up CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson, but but they're like last in the standings. And, and Zion's and, you, and, you and don't Zion, know what you don't know Zion's status. Yeah, it's and, not like they're gonna make you know. I mean, and New Orleans as a franchise is just a fucking joke. No, they, it's been it's been a bad run, and I mean, they really dropped that ball, dropped the ball with that Stan Van Gundy year with with Lonzo and and. Uh, um, who else was it? Lonzo, B.I., Zion. I, and, someone literally tweeted the picture of it today. Uh, Hold on. Uh, Drew Holiday. Yes. And, and, you know, that was a really good, really good core. It just seems not to work. And Zion's been insanely productive when he's on the court. Uh, he just needs to be on the court. I'm trying to find. Oh, here it is. It was, Yeah, it was. It, someone. It was uh, at at no Traz Barry. I don't know. Anyways, it's a picture of Zion, Drew, B.I., and Lonzo Ball, and it says, "How on earth did the Pelicans fumble this?" And I quote tweeted it with, "Because the owner, because their owners own an NFL team and don't care about the NBA team, they own and operate as well." Yeah, but it, it can't be that simple either. You know, but I like, think that has a lot to do with it. It does, but it does because, like we spoke about in the football episode, I mean, franchises mean a lot. Um, there's good franchises, there's bad, there's bad franchises. There's teams, there's teams that seem to always get the most, and there's teams that always seem to fumble it. And they happen to be one of these teams that always seem to fumble it. 
Um, but you got to put some some of the blame on the players and coaches that year too. I mean, come yeah, on. Stan Van Gundy wasn't the right call for for a coach. And I thought but that I was going to, on... and that was I thought that was going to be great fit. That was Zion's best year of his career. You it's know? the only year of his um, career. So I mean, true. <laughs> he, I mean, he played he played he played some his rookie year. He didn't some. He had, and then he had a full he had a full go his second second year. Yes, dominating twenty seven points a game, shooting seventy percent from the field. Yes. Um, I believe that he he can still have a good career. It's just if he wants to do it in New Orleans right now or not. I just I think with the moves that Portland's making and and we'll talk about the the third move that they made, flipping Nikhil Alexander Walker uh, for for Joe Ingles and, and Elijah Hughes uh, from the Jazz as part of a three team deal. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just with the whole Dame scenario now. can't help but just beg him to ask out he doesn't deserve to go through the rebuild that portland is now gonna go through no but dame does things the way he wants to do them so i get that but just take the heat dude for a couple days some people are gonna trash you for for going back on your word i understand that i don't think he has to say anything i think it's only time now no he needs to tell portland to trade him that's no, what he but needs I, to I don't say. think he needs to say it. I think they know. I mean, this everything, they're not going to build around him. They're stripping this thing down. So, I mean, you think ultimately he gets traded this offseason then? Yeah. Yep. And I think it's going to be for, like, a young player. Similar to, like, the 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 uh, Paul George, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander trade. I think it's going to be something similar where, like, I mean – when that happened, yeah, but that looks... trade from OKC was to pair Paul George with Russell Westbrook. Who are who is? No, no, Paul George, uh, Shea was on the Clippers. Oh, okay, you're right, you're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, like I'm, you know, I'm like sorry, I'm they, my... they, they, like Paul, you know, OKC was stripping down their roster, right? Getting rid of all their stars, and um, you know, instead of getting expiring contracts and draft picks, they got a young superstar. Which right, right. Uh, if you can get young talent with expiring contracts and draft picks, those are kind of the big three. Well, I honestly thought that's what. I mean, Nikhil Alexander Walker isn't like Shea Gilgis Alexander, but I thought that was honestly what they were maybe going to try and do with Nikhil Alexander Walker. But now they ended up flipping him. Yeah, I don't think there's one person on that Portland roster that's that's um, safe part of their future. Yeah. I think they're going to go complete rebuild, and the guy that they get in the the Lillard trade could be the one. We'll see. I mean, I think that this this uh, like I lo- I would love to see this Pelicans team play, but you know this this reeks of the the Lonzo Lonzo Drew Holiday Pelicans scenario, yeah. and it reeks of the the Eric Bledsoe Drew Holiday Tyreek Evans. You know, like <laughs> it lo- it looks really good on paper, but it just it's can New Orleans ever put this shit on the floor in a productive way? And that's that's the million dollar question. Yeah. I mean, they're in the playoffs play-in game right now, but Portland, yes. No, uh New Orleans. What? Yep. They're in the they're in the they're in the 10th seed as of right. Oh, well, did they hop Portland? I mean, right now, I don't know. I haven't refreshed it in a second, but um either way, they're like right there, you know. So CJ is going to make them a better player or better team, and, and oh wow, they did. And hop C- CJ and Bi are both healthy. Those are those are nice pieces. Yeah, no, I like the pairing of CJ and, and Bi. Obviously, there's questions about CJ's defense, but I, I think it's another nice added scoring punch that 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 team was. Yeah, missing. I mean, fuck, no one's perfect. This is a tw- this is a 25 and five guy. I mean, CJ's a, a bona fide hooper. Yeah. Now, all right, he's a go getter. He can get you a bucket. Put the ball in his hands. Um, and B.I. will be able to play off of him. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the other big trade from yesterday, and that's the Kings trading Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson to the Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2027 second-round pick. Obviously, I think Kings fans are most upset that they got rid of Tyrese Halliburton, who was – looked at as the future of the franchise. I literally saw a video of him like a couple of weeks ago basically saying, I'm not going to let the Kings history and their, like basically their history of not having a culture and not winning 
he's going to be the one to try and change that. He wanted to to be a part of that. And then they go around and turn, uh, they turn around and trade him, unfortunately. And it's just like, yikes. The Kings are just doing what the Kings normally do. But I kind of like the move. It's like they're mad. Like Kings fans are mad that they never paired De'Aaron Fox with another all-star. Now they traded for an all-star, but they just gave up the other guy that they probably think is a surefire all-star in the future. There's a couple errors to this. First of all, I'm going to say that uh, I'm not a huge Halliburton guy. But I do know that what people like like about him and everything, yeah. um, he he's a, he's a good young player, and and they did think I thought it was a weird fit with him and Fox. Um, I think I, he I when think... they drafted him, I thought it was weird. I mean, they're one of the worst drafting teams, right, in the NBA. But they hit on Halliburton for I mean, for all intents and purposes, like, yeah, they hit on him and where what and I think that they got. I like this move. I th- it's very Chicago Bulls-esque. I think that, you know, when Chicago traded for Vucevic, they were trying to just, like, we got to get good. Like, we got to get good now. Um, we've got Zach- Oh, so Bonus is the best big man the Kings have had since Boogie. We're, he and he could be the best player they've had since Boogie, and he's in his prime right now, and he's a great compliment to De'Aaron Fox. I think that, that and, pick and roll combo so, is nasty. So, they, I I. You know, like the the Vucevic thing didn't work out that first year uh, that they made the trade in the middle of the year. They right, they had they didn't, half a year to, to they adjust. Didn't, they didn't end up making the push, but that next year, all of a sudden, Demar wants to sign there. All of a sudden, Caruso wants to sign there. All of a sudden, Lonzo Ball is, gets traded is the, there. Is in the building, and so now I think Sacramento. No, he signed there. I think Sacramento set themselves up to where they have two solid people like a Vucevic and a Levine, kind of you know not. Both guys, like, not necessarily number ones, but they're, like, all-star caliber players. Yeah. And you're building a good basketball team that's well-rounded. And so I like what Sacramento's doing because now I do think that you're going to get some of those higher-end role players, higher-end rotational players who want to play with Sabonis and uh, and De'Aaron Fox. Why I don't like the trade is because it it gives me a feeling, A, Halliburton didn't know. And, oh, Halliburton and, had no and, idea. And B, all the other teams in the NBA didn't know that he was on the table. And I think that if every team in the NBA knew that Halliburton was available, they may have been able to get more. The Kings were holding Halliburton out of talks like what, for Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I mean. Like, like what if you're? You, that's the jump. You know, like yeah. you go from a a good like a solid All Star to a perennial All Star. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. This this move came out of nowhere. It was, but I thought I was I like really liked it for the Kings and the, and the Pacers. I thought that both teams really did what they wanted to do as a franchise, which is the Kings need to just start winning games. They got to start getting better, and they can't draft worse shit. So, I think that going out and trading for a guy that's kind of a small market star too, you know, he's not uh, he's been in small markets his whole career. So, uh, and he's putting up 20 and 12 to go with a dynamic playmaking point guard and De'Aaron Fox. Now, now it's going to be a lot easier to, to build around those guys and attract, uh, more role players. And you don't have to depend on the draft or a young player working out. And then with the Pacers, I thought, you know, they went from a rebuild to a reshape. I think Woj put it was the best I heard, you know, they went from like stripping this thing down to where like, no, actually now we just have a new core. Yeah. Uh, with uh, I always pronounce his name wrong. I always want to say Duarte. Oh, Chris, uh, Chris Duarte. Duarte. Yeah, Duarte. I want to say Tay. I mean, it might be Duarte, but um, there's, but, uh, there's a city in, but, in but Southern the, California that's called Duarte. So, but, but those, but those, you know, with him and Halbert, and those are two good young guards. Now all of a sudden, Miles Turner's excited to play there. So, uh, and the Pacers do do draft decently. So this is a uh, a team that now like. They don't have to go to the bottom of the rankings and wait two more years. Really, next year they could they could push forward because Duarte and Halliburton's play is going to increase. They don't have to add more players. They're just banking on these young players taking another step, like you know, most second third year guys do. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest key in all of this for the Pacers 
was the fact that Miles Turner now wants to stay with Indiana. And it's a better fit, you know, without Sabonis. Uh, yeah, for sure. He gets, you know, he doesn't have another another big guy clogging up the paint. Uh, he's going to be more, you know, a defensive enforcer like he's always been, and he'll be able to be a high pick and roll guy. Yeah, and then for the Kings, it's like you finally found uh, a pairing for De'Aaron Fox, who's locked into that five-year, hundred and seventy-plus million dollar that's deal. Why, that's why I think they ended up having to swallow their pride and trade Halliburton because that's what they. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Listen, we can get a stud for him right now. We get a little older, but we get better. Yeah, and and that's where I I saw the uh, the Vucevic trade. Um, that's where I think these comparisons are really similar. Where I think the Sacramento Kings next year are going to make a big big jump, and they're going to attract some some higher end free agents than than they normally get. Yeah, and it's it's a smart move. They suck at drafting. Let's fucking call a spade a spade. You're a horrible drafting franchise. One of the worst. It like angers me. I mean, it doesn't T, anger me. I T Rob, T Rob, Willie Cauley Stein. I mean, it's just like, damn. Uh, Marvin Bagley's been a bust, and they and they still ha- and the Kings also have a very valuable piece in Harrison, Bar- Harrison Barnes. Well, and they're gonna keep him now. Yeah, and and he, that's a great play because Harrison Barnes is a very his skill set is very very rare in the in the nba and what he can do is guard you know these these top end forwards that every team seems to have and there's not a lot of six eight six nine two-way players out there that can guard the quads the paul george the lakers the were rumored to be interested in trying to trade for harrison barnes i mean he'd be great i mean harrison barnes is just a guy that is seems like he fits on any team I, and you just love talking about him because he's I a tar heel. i do i do love harrison barnes <laughs> I, i'm a big fan of his but i think it is warranted i mean he no produ- it is it he is. produces he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't take away it he's not a big attention guy people dog he, that contract he, he got but it's like he's a he's a solid nba player he's got to be when it comes to guarding kevin durant and Giannis and lebron and Kawhi and paul george he's got to be top 10 on the list is like a guy that can guard these guys he's one of the few people i would trust to guard those he guys can, yeah. he can match up with with all of these rangy you know siakam type guys um and and that's super super valuable and he doesn't take away from your superstars he can kind of seamlessly fit he doesn't have a big personality he's quiet he doesn't get hurt he plays every night. He plays big minutes. Um, so I, I liked I liked this move by the Kings. Other than the, the I I do think that there's a, a a a little footnote that yeah maybe you should have shopped Halliburton more, like you know you could have maybe gotten something better than market it a little better. But I think what they got was really good. Yeah. So all right, let's let's move on now to the last uh, trade that has been officially uh, that's officially happened. Um, this is more of, I think, a, a money-saving move all around for all three teams. It It's just a lot of salary cap gymnastics uh, going on. The, the Jazz, they traded the injured Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, and a second-round pick to Portland. Portland's trading Nikhil Alexander-Walker to Utah and Thomas Sadoransky to San Antonio. San Antonio is sending Juancho Hernan Gomez to Utah and then is receiving a second-round pick from Utah. So... Ingles, Hughes, and a second-round pick from Utah end up in Portland. Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Hernan Gomez end up in Utah. And then Thomas Adoransky and a Utah second-round pick end up in San Antonio. So Portland's already flipped two guys that they traded for uh, literally the day before. So we, uh, we've yeah, already talked no, about Portland yeah, Port- a bunch. Portland got what they wanted, more picks, yeah. more, more expiring contracts. I think the Spurs did the same. They they essentially got paid a, paid a second round pick to be involved in the trade, uh, and they ended and, up with Thomas Sadoransky, who is a spur. You know, just seems like he's the perfect fit. I mean, like a six six guard. You know, just yeah. kind of a, a a utility type of player. You can shoot the ball a little um, bit too. And then Utah got a you know Utah got the best player involved, Nikhil Alexander Walker, because they're the best team involved. They they got rid of an expiring contract. A big contract that they, you know, didn't seem like it was going to be part of their future anymore, and they got a they got a young piece to help them in this 2022 run. Right, and Nikhil Alexander Walker is definitely a player that can help this Jazz team now. Yeah, yep, and and he's cheaper and and uh, and younger, so um, this was uh, yeah makes sense business move. Yeah, totally. Not a huge shakeup move. Last thing on the trade deadline front uh, before we get to. Uh, the 
all-star game and and the the reserves being announced and all of that um as far as non-laker trades that could possibly happen ben simmons and james harden are still linked to each other they have still yet to be traded for each other james harden i believe is missing his third or fourth consecutive game now with quote hamstring tightness um there's a lot of uh rumors out there that james harden is basically just trying to force the net's hand and he's just being defiant and that's why he's not playing these games yeah, and, i mean i'd be pissed if i if i was him yeah i he, get he, it he's kind of been you know james harden's kind of been one the one left on the court the most it seems like yeah just to deal with the shit and uh i don't i just at this point i don't understand why the philly wouldn't just uh kind of secede and, and give him curry with simmons and right just and call that's, it a that's day, i think that's know? i think where it's being held up the most is uh philly doesn't want to include seth curry in the deal yeah which which i understand but at the same time if you can move on from this and and, and just move on from from that and all of a sudden then you're a title contender well and the thing is is you're a title contender and you get rid of the biggest pay the ass in the league right now and the thing is james harden is going to be a free agent this upcoming offseason and you want to have the best chance to re-sign him get him in your building as quickly as possible yeah, I mean, I think a, I think a title a title push would be the best best way to sell your franchise. I would say so. And and, uh, and Ben Simmons not part of it, so you know they're they're just they've been playing with fire this whole time. Uh, I do think it's been good that they haven't made a bad deal yet, but this one doesn't seem like a loss. I mean, it seems like of all the deals you're going to get, this could be a good one. Right. I mean, the the saying always goes, it's better to to not make a deal than make a bad deal, but. I think in this case, Philly and Ben Simmons just need to cut ties, and this just needs to end. They do, but it can't. You know, they need to. You know, kind of control the bleeding. They can't let it be too bad. Yeah, Philly wants to do. They that. can't just get gashed. And that's what a lot of teams want to do because Philly doesn't really hold any leverage in this scenario. It, it, no, they don't. Other than they they've got a steep asking price. So if you really want it, you gotta you gotta pay for it. Yeah. So all right, moving on now. Uh, to the all-star game because that is coming up uh, next weekend, I believe, after the Super Bowl. We got the Super Bowl, then NBA All-Star Weekend, yeah, Tyler. No, this is it's perfect. A, it's a good month for sports. Yes. Um, the reserves for the teams were announced. There was also some injury replacements announced. Uh, real quick, just to recap, the captains are LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is uh, not going to be playing in the game. Uh, the starters are Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, John Morant, who's making his first all-star appearance. Andrew Wiggins also making his first all-star appearance. Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid. Jason Tatum is replacing KD as a, a starter. Uh, so KD or LeBron can fight over Jason Tatum and, and who's going to pick him on their team. And then Trey Young is the final starter. The reserves, Tyler, uh, starting with the West, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, who is uh, not going to be playing, Donovan Mitchell, DeJounte Murray, who is going to be replacing Draymond Green. That's his first All-Star appearance. And Chris Paul and Carl Anthony Towns from the West. And then LaMelo Ball is replacing Kevin Durant on the actual roster. He was named as a reserve. It's his first, obviously, All-Star appearance with it being uh, his second year in the league, and he, he won Rookie of the Year last year. Uh Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland making his first all-star appearance, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, and Fred Van Vliet making his first all-star appearance as well. Team LeBron going to be coached by Phoenix Suns head coach Monty Williams. Team KD is going to have Miami Heat's head coach Eric Spolstra. I believe Fred Van Vliet is like the second player ever to be an all-star from undrafted. I think he was the first. I think Ben Wall Ben Wallace was. Oh yeah, Ben the Wallace. Yeah, one. yeah. That's the only name I that can makes think sense. of. But um, I think they did pretty good. My biggest beef is Darius Garland. Um, <laughs> I don't. Really, I mean, I think that was like the All Star games in Cleveland. Yeah, I think they wanted to. I think the and, coaches and and the people that vote on the reserves wanted to get a Cleveland guy in there. Yeah, it just sucks. I felt like why why not um why not uh, Jerry Allen? You know. Yeah. Um, I felt like he was more deserving in the position. Like, if you look at this roster, it's all guards. <laughs> you know, like he he would have been a good a 
a good big guy to throw in the mix as well. All the bigs in the East are in the starters. Yeah, so, um, I mean, not that he's not deserving, but I felt like that was kind of a throw-in because the game's in Cleveland. If the game's not in Cleveland, I don't think he's getting getting in the All-Star game. Um, obviously, it was dope to see LaMelo and DeJounte Murray get in there yep. as the reserve picks. Arguably my two favorite players in the NBA. Uh, LaMelo, uh, fourth youngest player to ever start or ever play in an All-Star game. Only Magic, Kobe, and LeBron were younger. Damn. So he's on, I mean, he's on that He's on that greatness trajectory. I mean, coming off a rookie year. That's a historic path, now, man. Now he was in the playing game. Now he's hopefully get a play, uh, another, you know, playing game, playoff scenario this year, All-Star. Uh, you know, you know, we've been following the kids since day one. Uh, Zach Levine and DeJounte Murray, a couple of Seattle kids. It's like. It's cool to see this is the the new crop, the new era from, you know, I grew up with with the Brandon Roy's, Nate Robinson's, Jamal Crawford's. Marvin Williams. So this is this is like, you know, the new crop is here. Uh, super excited for DeJounte Murray. Um, He's got a crazy story, man. He does. If, uh, if people don't know, it, it's, it's a good one. He, he, he came from a, a tough background and a tough upbringing and kind of defied a lot of odds and there was a lot of times where he was put down uh, and kind of given up on, uh, even in college, in in the pros, in high school. So, uh, you know, I, I obviously was around, so I got to, you know, but we all knew about, I mean, people called him Baby Boy. That was, yeah. that's that's who this kid was named after. And it was named after uh, a movie character that Tyrese played. Yes. So... No, nah, he 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 overcame it all. I mean, he overcame the life, um, and uh, he's 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 kind of defied all odds and and made it because it wasn't always for sure if he was going to make it. Yeah, and then obviously Suns fans are happy Devin Booker got named as a reserve. Obviously, they they were upset he didn't get named as a starter, but yeah, but I mean, fuck, he's this this West team is legit. Oh, and, and same with Chris Paul. So I mean, they both got uh, two Suns players in the yeah, All Star yeah. game. I mean, like you knew they were going to get in there. It's just. The starters is, is a fan vote. Yeah. Now, all right, Tyler, the, the skills challenge and NBA Saturday night with the three-point contest and the dunk contest, um, it's kind of been lackluster over the past few years. They are making some changes to the skills challenge, uh, Tyler. I don't know if you saw this. It's now going to be a team competition. There's going to be a team shooting, a team passing, a team relay, and a half-court shot. Um, there's four, so four different portions of the competition and three teams. Um, I feel like it's kind of reminiscent of that shooting stars game. We had talked about, uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago on the show when we were talking about all-star events and, and things like that, where they had a, uh, old time NBA player, a WNBA player and a current NBA player. And they, they had to do a bunch of shooting competitions. So I think this is going to be kind of reminiscent of that, but the three teams, Tyler are very, very interesting. We got team rookies with uh, uh, Scotty Barnes from the Raptors, Cade Cunningham from the Pistons, and, of course, your boy Josh Giddy from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. Then we got team Cavs representing Cleveland, the the host city for, for NBA All-Star Weekend this year. We got Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland. And then, Tyler, yep. we have team Antetokounmpo's. I'm going to just call them the Antetokounmpo's. Does that work for you, Tyler? It does. No, okay. that's, right. I'm, I, I didn't get I'm much, looking it up right now. <laughs> I didn't get much of a reaction. I thought I was going to maybe no, get a no, bit of a I'm, chuckle. I'm reading it right now. So Team Antetokounmpo's is Giannis, Theonasis, and their brother Alex, who plays for the Raptors G League team currently. Um, and they, they I like will, getting the G League guys in it. Yeah, so they're, they're going to be competing in these, these four different uh, competitions, and that's going to be the skills challenge this year. And and we'll just see which team will, will come out on top. But I'm interested to see if they'll keep the team rookies, the team host team, and then the Antetokounmpo's versus whoever. Yeah, I mean, you could see a holiday team at some point. Yeah. You know, you could see some different things like that. That's a good one. I like playing around with it. You know, get, Le get, get Leangelo in the these league. Are, these are the things that the NBA does well that, that other leagues miss on is, is kind of having fun with it and being creative. Yeah. And people, that's the kind of shit people, I mean, that's like barbershop conversation right there. Yeah. You know, those are the kind of things we would talk about and make up in our minds and be like, I wonder what would happen if, like, you know, these these guys teamed up and, 
or you did something with just rookies or you know what i mean i I like all that yeah now the three point the three point challenge tyler cj mccollum trey young zach levine desmond bain uh carl anthony towns fred van vliet luke Kennard, and patty mills i'm i'm excited to watch patty mills just because he's uh he's had such a great like late career um i'm excited to watch carl anthony towns to see if he can finish because it's tough with the the longer stroke yeah um but gotta be going for my boy zach levine i think trey young or cj mccollum's honestly gonna win it on yeah i mean those guys are those guys are favorites because a they're shooters and and b their style of shooting it it fits the competition um i I think it's crazy cats out there you know yeah that that one really threw me off but it's like they no it's nice I remember in the late 90s when Sam Perkins for the Supersonics, uh, he was put in the three-point competition, and, and he's a great shooter. He had great touch, um, but it was just, it's too slow. I mean, to get, you know, a 6'10", 6'11 guy getting, you know, 25, 33s up in a minute, it's, it's not easy. No, it's not. Now- uh, so I think, like, you know, he could do it, but it's going to come down to, like, the pace in which he shoots and yeah. if he's rushing or not. Definitely. And, now the dunk contest, Tyler, I think it's one of the most lackluster dunk contest lineups I've ever seen, and it's honestly fitting for the city of uh, city of Cleveland. There, been, there's been some questionable ones though. Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Obi Toppin, and rookie Jalen Green. Jalen Green can fucking he can fly. Like Obi he, Toppin can fly. The and, and Obi won it last year. I don't I don't think he won it last year, but he was in it. Yeah, because they they typically invite the winner back. Yeah, who won it last year? But I mean, I mean, just the fact that we don't know who won it. This this is a dying competition. They've got to bring some sort of. They've got to bring something different to the game. You know, maybe a team team dynamic could be cool. Afrini Simons won it last year, and he he battled against Obi Toppin in the final round. Yeah. Um. You know, they, they, it's just, it's a tough, it's just been a tough event the last 10 years. I, it kind of reached its peak, I think, um, with, uh, with Levine and Eric, Aaron Gordon yeah. was kind of the last great one. But I mean, even that one was kind of, that one's kind of like an anomaly. I mean, even like the Nate Robin Dwight ones weren't great. They're only cool in like retrospect, but at the time it was like they missed a bunch of attempts. And, you know, yeah. like honestly, you know, the the peak of it was i think vince carter early 2000s since then there's not a ton of creativity in the dunks outside of the aaron gordon levine one I right mean, i think that one was truly like well, a story contest but everyone thought the dunk contest was back with that dunk contest but since then i don't know if big names do it you know like, I, I don't know if big names can sell this event anymore no either. i think that's what's gonna have to bring it back yeah it, but it's still just like the product's not gonna be there i mean people we've seen these dunks we've we've uh there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of things left to do and, and left to show i mean these guys are always creating but it's just a tough thing to watch on tv you know live it'd be great but maybe maybe bring in a team atmosphere you know what i mean bring in something different where it's like two guys are on a team and they need to get a combined score to you know and then maybe the team that wins it they they go head to head or you know um getting passers involved and props and it just is a weird event because it's so dope it's such a cool thing but it's just not it just hasn't done well lately for a long time it feels like yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll see if uh, All Star Saturday Night can can live up to the hype it once had. Um, but all right, Tyler, it's it's time to move on to the Lake Show Lowdown because the Lakers just lost to the Portland Trailblazers, one hundred seven to one hundred five. When you lose to the teams that are trying to tank, you know it's bad. Yeah, they they lost in regulation. Um, this was the first game Russell Westbrook did not play all year. He had some lower back tightness. Uh, this is obviously the second day of a back-to-back. They lost last night uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. But since we last recorded, Tyler, the Lakers are now 2-3 and three after this loss to the Portland Trail Blazers. And the biggest story surrounding the Lakers right now is obviously Russell Westbrook in, in arguably his, his worst game of the season seemingly got benched and, and not played in overtime against the the New York Knicks 
the the Lakers end up winning that game. He didn't play the entire fourth quarter uh, in the loss last night to the Bucks, where the Lakers were down 30 at one point, and then they were able to cut the lead to 10 in the fourth quarter, and then they just they just couldn't get over the hump. But after the Knicks game, Tyler, there was a lot of talk about Russell Westbrook getting benched and, and not contributing to the win in overtime, and obviously if he gets benched and the Lakers win, people are obviously going to turn that into a story. I have been Russell Westbrook's or one of Russell Westbrook's biggest defenders all year on Twitter. I have been defending him. It's been a fucking bloodbath with Russell Westbrook and Lakers fans this year. Every now and then I feel like a big city will do this to a superstar where, you know, which is it's fine. It's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but also there is something to where like we're like this motherfucker's in his head now. Right. You know, which sucks because it's taking you don't want somebody that plays with as much passion and tenacity as him to hesitate or be thinking. Right. You want him to just play. Um, but I think I know where you're going with this. So I tweeted after the Knicks game. Has Russell Westbrook been a detriment for the Lakers this season with a question mark for the most part? I'm basically asking myself a question and answering it for myself. This is yeah. the, the theme of the tweet. So I said, has Westbrook been a detriment for the Lakers this season for the most part? Has the Westbrook experience been what I expected? No. Do I hope he turns it around? Yes. Do I think he will? Probably not, unfortunately. And then I ended it with, Everything in me wanted it to work, but it just hasn't so far. And I'm just I'm getting to the point, Tyler, where I just don't think this will ever work. They're they're running out of time. We we've talked about it all year that they just need a little bit more time to put it all together and get the guys out there and get healthy and all of that. But they're they're 60 games in now and we're still having this conversation. And it's like Russell Westbrook didn't play the final 14 minutes and 34 seconds of the game last night against yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. I don't think that was necessarily him getting benched. I think that had partially to do with the fact that the Lakers were down 30 to the Bucks, and Frank Vogel took Russell Westbrook out at his normal substitution time at the end of the third quarter. He didn't start the fourth quarter. The Lakers end up going on a run, cutting the lead to 10, and it was like, I'm not going to bring Russell Westbrook back in if these guys just went on a run and, and messed yeah, that up. Yeah, so yeah. No, it's, 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 it's kind of a lot of stuff all at once, but, but at the, at the core of it, Russell Westbrook did not play the entire fourth quarter last night Yeah, when he's being paid $44 million and, and is supposed to be the third star on this team. And so, I mean, there, there was a lot of other factors last night. Uh, like for instance, the Bucks shooting 70% from the field and just, Essentially, no. I mean, the Bucks missing. are a good team. This is this is a team like even if you played well, they could beat you. Tyler, the Lakers shot over fifty percent last night from the field, yeah, and they yeah. still lost. Yeah. See, like with Russ, it's like I don't believe he's been a detriment to the team because you got to give something to like he's the one that's fucking out there every night. Right. You know? Tonight, so the, tonight he did not play against the Portland Trailblazers, yeah. and that was the first game he did not play all year. But the the concern always was is like he's a six three LeBron James. So he needs it, the ball in his it's, hand. It's they're the same player. It's tough, and they don't complement each other well in the sense that like they're neither one of them are a spot up shooter that's going to space the court for each other. They're playmakers, um, and, and you know we've defended Russell, and uh, you know because we know he does a lot of different things on the basketball court. It's not always just shooting, but right now, I mean, there's clearly something going on where he's frustrated. The fans are frustrated. There's a ton of pressure on him right now. And and the Lakers are are going about the right way, you know, supporting him, and being. Well, like, the the post game comments last night was the first time it finally kind of like, got, got contentious. Buckle, we got to buckle in. Like we don't have a choice. We have to believe in each other. You know what I mean? Like I have to believe that he's the thing because he's who we got. You know, that's kind of the mentality I think that they're taking. Well, and that's that's I think what's... because they're because that's the only mentality you can take. You can't just quit on the guy now because that would be worse off. Well, and I think that's the the hardest part for the Lakers right now is I think they're deciding whether to rip the Band-Aid off now and try and trade them before the trade deadline expires tomorrow or wait till the offseason and then they're, they're just going to have to move on from him then. I don't think it's possible to just rip the Band-Aid off and trade him by tomorrow. It's too hard. His contract is too 
expensive, and there are yeah, only a certain and, amount and of teams gonna, that can make it's that It's not going to help this Laker team any either. Like, Well, and that's, that's I think, the thing overall where I'm at with this season, and, and especially after this loss to the Blazers when the Blazers are stripping their team down and – the Lakers had LeBron James and Anthony Davis tonight. I, I don't have the box score in front of me. I can I can bring it up, but the Lakers, I don't think any move that they make as far as a trade, I don't think can help them this season. There's just been way too much lineup inconsistency no, to yeah, where adding yeah. another player yeah, is yeah. just no, it's that's too the, much. No, and that's the dynamic of the season. Like we can't throw a wrench in our roster again. Jesus Christ. I'm I'm looking at the box score. I'm looking at the box score right now. AD played 41 minutes, had 17 points, seven rebounds, and six assists, and five blocks. Uh, LeBron had 37 and seven and three steals, but in in 37 minutes. And Jesus, Afrini Simons, the dunk contest champion, he had 29 points on five on 11 of 23 shooting. Yeah. I'm so well, I'm so frustrated with this team, Tyler. This is what this is what happens when you buy a new team every year. You know, it's, yeah. it's tough. You don't you don't develop depth. You don't you don't develop you know, uh, uh, core rotational guys and and chemistry and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's definitely plenty of concern with this Laker team. But really, you know, I think the same same old song and dance get the playoffs, and and hope that. You know, you can put five guys out there that can compete with anybody, um, and that still holds true today. Tyler, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting worried the Lakers don't even make the play-in scenario. Yeah, no, I they... mean, it's, it's for sure it's for sure a possibility, but, I, I mean, I, I don't really think that that's going to be the case. I hope not, but... Anthony Davis is playing well right now. LeBron's playing well. They should be able to win enough games to get him into the dance. Tyler, they just lost to the fucking Blazers. No, I mean, that's, that, that, that's not good, obviously, but... Um, like, I don't I don't care that it's on a second night of a back-to-back. The no, Blazers they, are a team I mean, you're team, supposed to beat. This team has played bad. It's had a lot of things going on with injuries and, and all that, but at the end of the day, it's just been a bad product out there, and they haven't seemed to click. Um, so, the click... The click the good the good news is is the click could come at any time. The bad news is it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. Yeah. I just I more Malik Monk, more Carmelo. Carmelo's hurt. I know. I know. I mean when he comes back, he, he needs to But what's he gonna what's he gonna look like after coming back from a hamstring injury at thirty seven, thirty eight years well, old? I mean, and I'm I'm not saying he needs to be in, put in the starting lineup and play thirty five minutes a game. I'm just saying No, like, I know, but they've got to be able to figure out how to get the guys that can complement LeBron and A D out there. I there's just it's so crazy to me that just everything with this season it's just been the season of everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. And when the Lakers take two steps forward, they take three steps back. And it's it's just been so frustrating. Yeah. Well, it, the they're they're frustrated too. I mean, the, you Oh, can, I'm sure. That's why these things are happening. But uh, some of the these some of the guessing, questioning. Um, I mean, really, I think every day LeBron James is just like stay locked in. Like stay like he's trying I I think this is he's one of those seasons that takes everything he's got to stay locked in because of how many things, you know, on the outside could just make you fold. Well, I just think that with that sentiment of staying locked in, why are they giving up 71 points to the Knicks in the first half, 78 well, points to the one, Bucks one, in the first one half? One and two guys can't do it. It's a team game, and the, and the, right. the team atmosphere has been the weakness of this team the whole time. Rotation, chemistry, uh, uh, you know, player personnel, lineups, starting lineups, second lineups you know what i mean all that kind of stuff has been that's the problem you've got all the talent you you've got all the talent you need um now injuries has played a part i don't think they have all the talent that they need no but i mean there's teams with less talent that are doing more oh for sure you know what i'm saying for sure talent is not the fucking problem no talent's definitely not Uh, now talent being on the court regularly you you could kind of say that's the problem with it and lebron missing significant time but uh, when, when those guys are on the court, it still doesn't look good. Yeah. You know, even when you have LeBron and, and and Russ on the court together, the it just hasn't clicked. There's not that, you know, LeBron team, LeBron, I, I bring this up every now and then, but I know LeBron team 
LeBron James's teams are dangerous when they're having fun whooping people's ass. Yeah. The Cleveland teams, the Miami teams, even that bubble team. When you're looking over at the sideline and LeBron James team is like laughing and high-fiving and dancing and that's when you're you're in trouble. That because there hasn't that been any of that click, this year. There hasn't been any of that and and they're constantly changing lineups and rotations. It's just if you've played on a team that you know how how important it is for everybody to be on the same page and know what you're coming into every night and that's Lakers haven't had it. Yeah, just uh I just I because because of the way like the NBA NBA or ESPN.com stats work like uh LeBron and Ant aren't haven't played enough games to be eligible for like right team leaders. So right now Russell Westbrook leads the team in points, rebounds, assists and steals. He's he's played in every game but tonight. Yeah, and, and he's had a tough season. It's been it's been tough on him. Um and some of some of it's been But I don't hits. I don't necessarily think it's all fair. I mean some of it some of the no. criticism is fair. I think some of it's pretty unfair. Some of the criticism Russell Westbrook has received has been absolutely fair. Some of the criticism has been absolutely outlandish, over the line. He's a basketball player. He brings people he he brings something to the table every night. But it's just Is it the right stuff? Yeah. And it hasn't been. No, unfortunately. It no, it hasn't. And it's that's just, not necessarily on him. Like, it, it, I think no. I think part of it is on and, him. And, 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 and Anthony. Well, I mean, it isn't. It isn't. Like you, you, you signed up for Russell Westbrook. Right. No, I you get know, that. Uh, he he does what he does. Really, we just need to. You you just need an extended look at AD out there because when the team rolls around AD, that's when this team is really dangerous. But <sighs> you know, you got two LeBrons out there, two Russells out there. And I just I don't think it's going to be for much longer. I I think they will ultimately end up trading Russell Westbrook by tomorrow. Not by tomorrow, by this off season. Well, that's fine, but the, the, this year is is what we're looking at now. But what I'm most frustrated about as a Laker fan is it's another wasted year. Of not, not necessarily though. It is. It's not championship or bust with the Lakers, yeah, Tyler. It's a wasted it, year if they don't win the championship hey, the, this year. So the season's over. We're done. We're wrapping it up. No, we still got to finish out the season, but that's what I mean. There's still a chance. I mean, I don't think that no. There's, there's still a chance, but I, I don't think it's that, not looking good. It's not looking good, but it could be a, it, you know, I guess it couldn't be much worse. But it's not looking good for <laughs> sure. But you could still get in the dance, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Well, these guys, these guys can win games in a seven game series. It, it can, I can't even think can about change. a seven-game series when they they can't win. They can't even get above five hundred, Tyler. No, but a seven-game series plays into their advantage. The one, the, you know, they're getting beat by teams that aren't as good as them because other teams are more in sync right now than they are. Well, and they're also not trying hard for half the fucking game. Well, and that and that comes to you know that comes back around to to rotation and chemistry and and no you know no that doesn't come back to rotation and all. coming ready to play and playing with energy from the first whistle to the last whistle that starts with yourself. I don't think it's an effort thing. I don't think they're not trying hard. It's just their 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 skill sets only taking them so far. They're bumping their head against a wall. They don't know what to do. They're they're they don't have an identity as a basketball team. From an X's and O's standpoint, in their roster and, and all this shit is changing so much. And that's on the front hang, office. They can't hang their hat on anything. That's on the front office for building well, a roster that didn't fit their coach's strengths. Well, I mean, Ant Davis is is missed twenty games as well. And LeBron's missed thirty. Well, he's missed twenty. They've missed about the same amount of games. Okay. LeBron's played in four more games than Ant. There you go. Yeah, they both they both missed around twenty games. So that that could you know that could change you, you five more wins that could change your outlook you know it could be a little more optimistic it, it doesn't five look more wins and the lakers are at 31 and 30 that's not much better well no well, your losses would go down too so you'd be at 31 and 25 i guess yeah i'm just saying like i'm trying to bring some optimism here you still have lebron and in the playoffs that like you could fucking bunt bench russell in the fourth quarter if you need to like you, you still got guys that you can hang your hat on that no one in the league. Lakers have. fans that hate Russ got no excuse tonight, so that's all I gotta no, say. No, exactly. It's not necessarily Russell. No, and it, it hasn't necessarily. I've always said that it wasn't always Russell. It's. I think. I think it's gonna be real easy to point the finger at Vogel for this year. 
But Vogel, the front office, it LeBron for LeBron for wanting Russell Westbrook. Like, but, but the front office is, is tough. I mean, they put to, they, there's a lot of good names on this roster. But they went away from what won them a championship not even two full years ago. That's what it, that's what it, that's the price of admission to be the Lakers. They're going to turn teams over every year. Well, I don't every, think it's working this year. No, no, not so far, but it's not over yet. I guess not. But all right, Tyler, you got anything before we get out of here? You got a shout out? I don't. I'm, I'm not shouting anybody out. I'm in too pissed <laughs> no, off. Of no me. one deserves a shout out. No, not right now, in my opinion. Nah, fuck them. All right. So with that, that wraps up episode 235 of the TSK show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.